When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. The Talk Sport Premier League Preview Show. Round the goalkeeper, this is going to be 2-0 for Liverpool. It's a superb goal from Sadio Mane. Alonso is there, and he tucks it under better check and scores and puts Chelsea back in front. And the line it goes to Marge, who squeezes the ball into the near post. And Glenn Murray is there. Mendy's delivering. It is an absolutely brilliant hat-trick for Sergio Aguero. It's the Premier League preview show for week three of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up on the show today... Can Manchester United bounce back from a Brighton battering against 2017-18 Tottenham? Still doing it in 18-19. It's the battle of new money as Wolves take on Manchester City. Champions versus champions. And will the nightmare start end for Arsenal or West Ham? It can't be both as they meet on Saturday. Let's say hello to today's panel and start with Talk Sports football editor David Walker. David, how are you, mate? I'm good, but maybe not as good as last week. You were good last week because your fantasy football yeah, yeah. team excelled, but well, this week, not Aaron, so much. Aaron Wembasaka's red card is, is done for me. And he's out now, and, and he's going to make a, two changes. Didn't have Aguero. Didn't have Aguero? No, so. Oh, Jamie Jackson wrote he might not play, so I didn't triple captain him. I'll go. never forgive him. Yeah. Uh, also on the panel today, a guy just like me who doesn't need a comb but pulls it off anyway. It is the former Brighton and Chelsea winger Clive Walker. How are you, mate? I'm very well, Tom. Thank you. Great to have you with us. And also in the studio, a former West Ham, Cardiff and Wales international defender, loving the fare served up by Neil Warnock this season. It's Danny Gabbard. How are you, mate? <laughs> How are you doing, Tom? It's kind of a ball theme going on here between the I, three I of us. Yeah. Shiny heads show great football knowledge. Everybody knows that. Right, let's get into match I've one. Got no knowledge we? and loads of hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect combination of things. We're all extremely, extremely jealous. Uh, right, let's get to the big game of the weekend. It's Monday night football. Manchester United up against Tottenham. Uh, United have won 21 of their 26 home Premier League games against Spurs, winning each of the last four without conceding a goal. Spurs have lost more away Premier League matches at Old Trafford 21 times than any team has lost away from home at a stadium in the history of this competition. So let's talk about Manchester United. Last weekend against Brighton Hove Albion, uh, an awful, awful showing. Clive, let's come to you first on this. Paul Pogba said United didn't show the right attitude. How do they show the right attitude this week? It's a strange uh, comment, I suppose, from Pogba at the end of the day, but... You know what, I think there's been a lot of battering of United and I think the press are beginning to enjoy that. Um, the fans are obviously disgruntled by what's happening, but they just need to get together as a, as a football club, I think. And I, I'm just wondering how, sorry, where Jose Mourinho comes into that scenario because I think he believes 
obviously in himself, <laughs> probably more than everybody around him. But there has to be some continuity within the club. They they're not under massive pressure at the moment. But you don't think? I don't. I don't think so. No. But I also think that they they're on the edge. They're tipping, and I think then they need to resolve that. And it's it's what he says for me would enhance the players to say the right things as well. Because at the moment, comments like that from Paul Pogba don't help the situation. For me, they need to resolve the problem at the back. What about that defensive pairing? Gabs, you played at the heart of a defence in the Premier League. Lindelof and Bay played last week. Um, I think that's a relative term. Played last week. What do you make that's of them? It. What can they change this week? I think Valencia should be back fit this week. It's the only change they can possibly make. Um, yeah, I think if Valencia's fit... Obviously, the Manchester United captain, which is a little bit of a joke in itself. <laughs> Valencia's captain. I never would have thought that would have happened. But, I mean, he's obviously first choice right back. Um, you'd expect him possibly to come back in. I feel so- sorry for Ashley Young a little bit. He just seems to play every... He's the utility man, isn't he? Mm. Left back, right back. He's a big problem, though, isn't he, for United? Last yeah. week, there was no width. Yeah. And that's been talked about a lot since Ashley Young has played there. And... I'd never got Ashley Young at fullback. I never got the love in for him around November last year. Great no. free kick at Watford aside. All he does is go up the left, come back inside and put the same ball in. Yeah. Sanchez is already doing that ball. It's his only thing. Yeah. It, it, it never really worked. And, and yet they're continuing with it. Well. They've got, pro- they got a problem with him playing right side, haven't they? Straight away because he's not got the pace. He's getting on a bit now in years. So he's not got the pace or perhaps the confidence to go around the outside. So when he checked back, when he played left back, when he checked back on his right foot, he could put in a decent ball. But he can't do that with his left foot if he checks back on his left back on his left foot. Mm. So there's a instantly a, a, a problem going forward and him getting in an advanced position. Mm. It's, it's an I issue would think Liverpool he would probably be thinking well. if yeah. I'm playing right side, I have to. I'm, I'm going to sit back because I can't give enough going forward. Yeah. But I think it, it sums up what Mourinho has come to be in that he will rather go for someone who he can depend on defensively and he knows is quite reliable and solid yeah. rather than an taking that risk left yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the last time Man United played with two orthodox fullbacks. Even Valencia, you know, he come as a mm. as a winger converted to a fullback. Ashley Young converted to a fullback. It, it, you have to go back to probably I don't know Evra Neville maybe. I, mm. I don't know. And you look at the two centre backs on, on last weekend were poor. Lindelof, I thought had a, a good World Cup. He, he surprised me a little bit how well he played in the World Cup. Bye. Who's everyone's kind of been raving about, apart from you know when he gets injured and stuff, um, as being their best centre half. They just looked all over the place. So to look at a Mourinho team which is renowned for being organised and defensively solid, to actually see them a bit of a shambles and all over the place—that's a big worry. And for me, that comes from the players, not so much the managers. The players that need to look at themselves this weekend and say. You know, we need to show a better attitude. What about offensively, though? Second half against Brighton, one of your former teams, Clive, they had four shots second half. One was on target, if we exclude the penalty, and that was Pogba's drive from distance, which he did because there was nothing else on for him. So we talk about defensive problems, but also offensively. I think Juan Mata was their last creative player last year. He shouldn't still be playing at Man United. What do they fix this weekend? How do they fix it? Surely you won't see Martial again. Where does Pogba play? How do they get Lukaku in the game? Do they get wide? Will they cross the ball? What are they actually going to do to break down this Spurs side who know each other so well? They're so well organised. They've got great fullbacks, great central defenders. The defensive midfield seems sorted. I mean, it's going to be almost impossible the way they play to break this down. I think Man United have to maybe look at the the format that Spurs have got. And I think in many ways you can talk about Spurs. You know what you're going to get. 
think with Man United at the moment, they don't have that fear element that worries teams enough. And I think when they're going forward, it's it's sporadic in the respect that it looks good at stages and then other times it looks awful. Probably a bit like they're defending as well, <laughs> to be honest. But But going forward, there's no real, for me, no structure in it. It's like, well, we will defend and we'll be reasonably solid in midfield. But you guys up front, just get on with it. And that's, for me, how it seems. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There's no coming back from it. And I think Lukaku, in many respects, you know, he's a great goal scorer. He needs the ball at the right time in the right place. And it doesn't. It, it, he doesn't fit for me. Mm. And I think they need to resolve that problem. How they resolve it, of course, comes, like Danny says, through the players but also through the manager. Tottenham played three at the back last week, uh, and it was a very good performance. Fulham played well, I thought, at Wembley, but Tottenham got the win. Three at the back really accentuated for me how important Kieran Trippier has become for Tottenham Hotspur. Gabs, we've seen him over the last couple of seasons develop from backup to starter to England World Cup star. Another great free kick last week. Do you see them playing the same team as last week, three at the back with the two wing-backs? Um, yeah, possibly. Um I wouldn't say they've been brilliant Tottenham in the first two games, but they've got two wins on the ball. I thought Newcastle played well against them. Um, Fulham played well, had chances, but um, they were very clinical with the chances that they took. Uh, Trippier, for me, is he's developed into a you know one of the best right backs in in the Premier League. For me, when Carl Walker went, I was a little bit worried about them on that side, but you know he really has stepped up and, and obviously adding kind of gold to his game now is is brilliant. We know what his delivery is like from wide areas, very good. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see them possibly sticking with that three at the back. They've, they've got real good balance with it, with obviously Vertonghen playing on the left side of a three, Sanchez, Alder, they can play their three best centre-outs mm. all together. Um, gives a licence for the f- uh, full-backs to kind of get forward. Um, and It just suits the players that they have very well. So um, I can't see them changing too much, to be honest with you, Tom. I mean, just briefly on that, what Danny's saying there, when we talk about Tottenham and the way they are formed, it, it, it's, it's the words, words he said there was, it suits the players they've got. We just briefly go back on United, mm. how different it is. And you can see the comparisons there. You know, Trippier gets into a wide position and delivers. Harry Kane knows the ball's coming in. You know, that's the sort yeah. of style and, and build-up that Tottenham have had over the last two or three seasons. And that's where Man United are missing out by a long, long way. Yeah. I think when you talk about attacking teams, Spurs are, are great going forward. It, it, and that's what they do. It'd be interesting to see if Lucas Moore plays, actually, as well. Obviously scored a fantastic goal last weekend. Someone who I'd like to see a lot more of this season kind of didn't really get involved much mm. last season, did he? Um, I think he was obviously trying to learn um, how Tottenham play with him without the ball and stuff. But it'd be interesting to see if he, if he stays in the starting eleven. Coaching, though, isn't it? That's the thing. Trippier's got better. Lucas Moura's getting better. They've got Pochettino developing them on the training ground with his group of coaches. You've got Mourinho criticising Martial for not turning up for training. You know, it's, it's, it's a real comparison between these two clubs. Could be pivotal in the opening weeks of the season. Uh, let's get some predictions. Uh, United, Tottenham, what do you reckon? I'm going to go Spurs win. Spurs win? Whoa! <laughs> United's record is good against them, but I, I'm going to say Tottenham. Yeah, 1-0 for me. Despite everything we've just said, <laughs> I, I, I think it would be classic Jose when yeah, everyone's against him would. to come out and and maybe sneak a sneak a one nil victory. Yeah, I can only see United win two nil for me. Next up, we're talking about two of the disaster clubs of the starting weeks of the season. It's Arsenal and the Amers.
Well, be back to the edge of the area. Mikatarian this time does find the corner of the net with an effort right inside the D. Fraser lifts that one across, header down and in. 2-1 to Bournemouth. Steve Cook with a goal. He goes away to celebrate with the Bournemouth fans. It's more terrible defending for West Ham United. On to Arsenal against West Ham United. Three o'clock this Saturday. The Gunners have lost one of their last 22 games against West Ham in all competitions. That was the opening day of 15-16 under Slavon Bilic for the Hammers. They've lost their first two games of the, of the Premier League season. And should they suffer defeat in this match, they'll have lost their opening three league games of a season for the third time this decade. Another season of struggle, maybe, for West Ham. Um, I want to talk about Arsenal first, though. Uh, Clive, at the game last week uh, against uh, Chelsea, and it was a bizarre game. They kept getting done with the chip over the top, but they also could have scored five goals. How do you assess what you saw from Unai Emery's Gunners? I, I'd be slightly worried, but I, I think you've got to give the manager and the coach a chance, maybe, to, to implement his ideas. Having said that, it's that got to be the highest line with the two slowest <laughs> centre-backs I think I have ever seen at any level. And I couldn't believe, especially with the Morata goal, that, that they were as high as they were. Morata's ran from a yard inside his own half and, and stay, had to do that. And he's not stay, that fast. Stay on site. Oh, he's, he's not, not bad. Salah, he's not is bad. He? No, but he's quicker than the two centre-backs. <laughs> so I think we've got to give him time and give him a chance. However, again, we're back to the scenario. Big, big club, Arsenal. Time to turn around from a manager who's been there for a long, long time. Very difficult to fill his boots and convincing the players and the fans that he wants to play in a certain way. I'd be slightly worried, but I think they're a big enough club to turn things around. And I think they've got players good enough to do that. Whether they can get top four, it's going to be a, a long old season for them. Gabs, yeah, you're shaking your head violently no at the chance. concept of no them making chance. top four. The, Miles off. I think if they finish in the top six... Really? Season for Arsenal, From think, what you've yeah. seen so far, why? I just don't think... I think they're miles off it compared to the other teams. Um, and as you said, Unai Emery coming in, it's going to take a bit of time. I think it's going to be a mixed bag for Arsenal all season. You'll see some good things. You're going to see some bad things. Um, obviously, the players are trying to adapt to his style of play, but some of the players he's got are just not going to be able to. You mentioned the two centre-halves there for me. Mm -hmm. Socrates, I never rated that signing from from the beginning Mustafi for me shouldn't even be playing to be mm. honest with you I think yeah, since he's come to Arsenal he, his form's not has been patchy at best um, if they're going to keep continuing to hold a high line you know they're going to concede goals all season um, yes they're good going forward the players that they got they're going to score goals so they are going to win games as well but when you look at that game on the weekend and you know Chelsea are in a similar position with a new manager coming in at times they look vulnerable defensively because they're still starting to learn things from their new manager. So it was hard to totally read that game again from an Arsenal point of view, but um, I just think it's going to be a, a mixed bag. I think if they finish in the top six, I think that's not that's an all right season. I, I think they were trying to learn. I think what they are, Arsenal at the moment, is trying to learn about what the manager's trying to say. Mm. And I like to feel that these players are good enough to maybe understand that quickly. And I think within five or six games, I think we might see an Arsenal side get better at the back they might not all agree with this high line and it, there might be a time when the manager says well okay maybe I've got to compromise yeah, slightly third goal, probably <laughs> well I've got to compromise at some stage and, and maybe slightly readjust because for him to go headstrong and mm. say well this is how it's going to be 
for him to take a job in the Premier League, he's suddenly realising, well, maybe I've got to compromise. Maybe then the players will talk to him. So I think five, six, seven games, yeah. Arsenal will improve some, at the back. And as you just things. said, yeah, going forward, yeah. they could have had five in the first half. Yeah, some well, the one goal so they scored, the passing move they scored. The misses they had as well. Yeah. And let's, let's not forget, they've played Manchester City and Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. And they're coming start. up against the West Ham team, as you said, and not had a good start to the season. It looks like we could have a lot of changes to the lineup. Pellegrini hasn't quite worked out who he wants where and what sort of is his best eleven, I suppose. Mm. Oh, I think it will be interesting to see the midfield battle this mm. weekend because you've got young Matteo Guendouzi. He's made 17 tackles and interceptions. In, that's the most out of anyone in the division so far. And he's coming up against Mark Noble, Jack Wilshire maybe. Mm. Guendouzi and Torreira will probably start. That'll probably be the base of their midfield for the rest of the season. And I think that's a pretty strong midfield base. I'm a big fan of Torreira. I like the way he controls midfield. I like the way he gets about the pitch. I like the fact he puts a foot in, which think, not many teams do. And Guendouzi a, looks fantastic. Yeah, I think as a sub though, coming on as a sub, you want him to make an impact. He certainly did that. Guendouzi, I, th- I think, is is lively, he's buzzy, he wants to get around the park, he wants to get stuck in, he's got heart, he's got feeling, which could be infectious. You know, he's only a young lad, but it mm. could be mm. infectious. We go back to the Arsenal problems for me, what, what he, which I saw at the weekend, was the defensive line. You know, Danny talked about the two centre-backs not being convinced. And the worst thing you can do with two centre-backs like that is push them right up the field. Yeah. So maybe at some stage they might drop off and the two then central midfield players will get an understanding with yeah. them. And that might work. Yeah, you've got to do it at the right times as a central defender. you know, If I didn't have pace holding a high line like that, I would be really uncomfortable. Vulnerable, I'd f- yeah, I'd feel yeah. vulnerable knowing if there's no pressure on the ball, ball is over the top. I'm, I'm not getting back. So there has to be a bit of a compromise. If there's pressure on the ball, yes, you can squeeze in. Uh, you know a bit more where the ball's going. You can get yourself in a better position. But if there's no pressure on the ball, you've got to drop off mm. five, ten mm. yards. Otherwise, you're just going to get up. In this league, the, the, you know, the pace and the athleticism, are, you're just going to get absolutely murdered. But this is a good game for Arsenal. I think they'll be able oh, to hold yeah, a higher line against West Ham because yeah. they're going to have a lot more possession. And West Ham will probably have about eight formations like they have across the two games so yes. far. Let's talk about West Ham because if you're coming into that club, Gabs, you're the new manager. Surely if you had one discussion with the intern who works at London Stadium and you went, I'm going to play Wilshere and Noble, uh, set of midfield, he would go, no, you absolutely cannot do that under any circumstance. What are you talking about? Can I have some of your five mil a year, please? I mean, that is such an error. And they've tried two at the back for a bit. They tried four at the back. They tried three at the back, two in midfield, three in midfield, two up front, one up front, wingers, no wingers. They've played 180 minutes of football. It's such a mess at the moment. And they're talking about maybe five more changes this weekend. You've got players in the team at Liverpool, not in the squad for Bournemouth. How can Pellegrini, I know it's quite early, but even this early, how can he not know even a semblance of some of, not even his best team, a good team? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a a bit of a shambles, I think, so far from West Ham. Um, you know, we could probably say that about the last couple of seasons. But, you know, what's pre-season for? Surely it's you get your players in. They got most of their business done fairly early so you know I watched them a couple of times pre-season they were playing like a 4-3-3 they were popping it about I thought okay mm. you know th- th- this is where they're going to go with things this season everybody looked like they were buying into it first game then obviously a difficult start against Liverpool second game he's playing a 4-4-2 he's changed personnel it just totally kind of went away from what they were trying to do pre-season so it just seems very confusing, as you say. Players playing one game, not even in the squad. The, the second game, it just looks like a manager that 
really doesn't know what he's doing at the minute, which surprises me because he's a very experienced guy, um, a lot of optimism when he took over the job. But I know it's early days, the players are learning, but you've got to stick to your principles a bit. You know, we saw him playing the four four two a fair bit when he was at Man City. He likes to kind of switch between that and what he did against Liverpool, but. I, I, I've not been impressed with what I've seen so I think, far. I think, so. I think if you're on the outside looking in and you're looking at West Ham and you're thinking, well, OK, a new manager again. Uh, <laughs> let's see if we can get... If As a fan, you've got, you, you've got to have some sort of feeling. You've got to have some part of it that you think... And, uh, you know, Dan, Danny is an expert. You're thinking, well, I don't know what's going on. Mm. As a fan, you're thinking... What what is absolutely what's changed from last year? Mm. What has improved? What's got better? Oh, I can see where he's going. He can't. He can't see where he's going with it. No. And I think that can give a problem to the fans, the players, the ground, everything that's gone on over the last couple of seasons with West Ham. That it's still a bit of a mess, and you need some mm. solidity there that would say, let's give us something to hang on to. You know, it might be a long season. It might be a tough season. Mm. We have to accept that. But there's nothing to hang on to at the moment. And okay, it is early. But you want something better than mm. what you're getting at the moment. I'm sure Nobes would have been thinking, probably in the lead up to that game last weekend, thinking this can't be right. When mm. they've set up in training as a four four two and he's next to Jack, he, he, even he must have thought, "I'm in trouble." Does <laughs> he play this, <laughs> this weekend? This because right. I mean, I love Nobes, but if they're going to play two, he can't be no, in it. No, and I agree. if they if they are going to set up like that, do they drop Mark Noble this weekend? Do they bring in? Yeah. Carlos Sanchez, or do they bring in Pedro Biang, who seems suddenly right down the pecking order? Is it is it three in midfield, five in midfield? Do they yeah. try and get a point against Arsenal? Well, that's the thing. What do they do? It's interesting to see what they do now. I can only think, you know, going away from home, they've got to go with a three in the middle there. I mean, they've conceded too many goals in the first couple of games, so they, they have to try and get more solid for stars. If they play with a two, even if it's a Wilshire and an Obiang, still going to be very difficult for them in that mm-hmm. area. You've got to kind of flood that central area, I think, and try and stop Arsenal from playing. Um, so I, I really don't know what he's going to do. I can't see Chicharito playing. I, you'd think it'd just be an Arvich and you know, play with a pace of, on either side of Anderson and an Antonio maybe so they can counter-attack on Arsenal. But all the money they spent, and they didn't spend it in the most vital area for me, which was a DM. They didn't get a defensive, well, a good defensive midfielder. And Sanchez is coming, I know, but not convinced really by him. That they've been lacking a defensive midfielder for so many seasons now, and they've they've not addressed that issue. I think it's fair to say this is a tough old task for West Ham this weekend. It's then Wolves, Everton, Chelsea, Man U. It doesn't get much easier for Manuel Pellegrini. Uh, Dave Arsenal this weekend against West Ham. What do you think? I think Arsenal will win comfortably by two goals, three one. Say. Nobody took more points at home. Well, Man City did. They're the only team than Arsenal last season. So I can only see Arsenal yeah. winning this one. It's difficult to see uh, any hope for West Ham. It's 3-0 for me. It annoys me that you've got kindness in your eyes. You're feeling sympathy <laughs> for us already. Uh, yeah, 3 or 4 for me. West Ham, awful. Up next, it's Liverpool. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Milner against Hennessy, the Palace goalkeeper. Right foot in, into the corner. Liverpool hit the front at Selhurst Park. Here comes Gross. Fires it low off the feet of David De Gea, but up into the roof of the net. As he goes down the centre, Brighton have their two-goal lead back. Right, next up, Liverpool against Brighton, 5.30 UK time on Saturday. Liverpool scored nine goals against Brighton in the Premier League last season. 5-1 away, 4-0 at home. Chris Hewton has lost his last 12 away matches against the Premier League's Big Six. Uh, I was at the game on Monday, uh, Crystal Palace against Liverpool. I thought they were given a real examination by Palace, who I'm a big fan of this season. Uh, but they just found a way to win. Jurgen Klopp said they didn't play particularly well. But Dave, they still got all the points. They still managed to come through some tough moments in that game. And in Naby Keita, they might have the sensation signing of the season for me. He looked fantastic. He did. Everyone's loving his little uh, turn and pass over that the was top it. to Salah. If you want to play out, out the back... Have someone who can do it to that quality. He did give the ball away just before that as well. To uh, gave Palace a really good chance right in front of goal. But it was a, it was a good performance from Liverpool. It was a very solid performance. Virgil Van Dijk was getting a lot of praise for his his display. Joe Gomez, who's come in at the start of the season, next to him has looked very good. That that back five with the addition of Allison looks very solid now, which is something we haven't seen from Liverpool over the last few years. It looks like they've got the final pieces of the puzzle to kick on and and really be a, a challenger to City. Mm. Uh, and at the back, Van Dijk, Gomez, Dave mentioned them. You like them, they look solid. And also, what about the midfield covering them as well? I love James Milner in that game yeah. Monday. More positions than the Kama Sutra, eh? <laughs> he was sensation- he's had a sensational start to the season, to be fair. Um, you know, he's been leading by example. I was surprised when he went off. Um, you know, I thought Keita, for me, I actually thought Keita was, was average. I thought oh. he played well against uh, in the works. West Ham. I thought he showed, yeah, one or two good things, but I, I thought he looked a little bit a bit tired against Palace so I thought he would have been one to come off Klopp a bit was, earlier Klopp was saying after the but, game actually that he was quite honest about him when he was mm. asked about his performance and he, everyone was raving about him but he was sort he of saying well, so much, was he? Just, yeah. just wait and see yeah. he's got a lot to learn he needs yeah. to improve mm. his few things his communication and stuff mm. but that Van Dyke gomez partnership is a partnership I've wanted to see for a while I don't know why he hasn't played there um, a bit earlier um, obviously I know Lovren is, uh, did alright alongside Van Dyke, but that is the makings of a real good partnership because, yes, Gomez, he's young. I think he will still kind of make the odd mistake here and there. He's a bit rash at times, but just that athleticism and mobility that he has alongside Van Dyke, who has that as well, but he's big and imposing and he's got those leadership skills. Um, I think that is the makings of a very good partnership. And, yeah. and the two fullbacks again as well. We don't mention the fullbacks when we talk about Liverpool now. They've got better defensively with... Robertson and, and Alexander Arnold, two orthodox fullbacks. We spoke about United not having them. Liverpool didn't have them until 
halfway through last season, really. So that's made a big difference as well. Tough ask for Brighton this weekend, but of course it was United last time out. They managed to get all three points. Glenn Murray still bagging a minute 35. And Clive, one of your former teams, Brighton. Uh, I thought Solly March was fantastic in the game last week. And I didn't realise he was 24. One of those guys, again, mm. I feel like he's been around forever and yet still has a lot of his career ahead of him. And he ran the game against Paul Popper in midfield. I mean, that's no mean feat. Yeah, I, I just think the whole perception of Brighton for me is, you know, when you talk about structure and, and personalities and the way they are, I think they've got it into a one of the best positions, I suppose, the football club could get to. You know, they're not going to get into the top four or top six, but they, they are going to be reasonably solid because of the way Chris Hewton has gone about his business. Every player who comes in or goes out seems to know their job. The one big problem for me is Glenn Murray if he gets injured. Mm. And I think if he gets injured and he's out for, hopefully not, but if he is out for a few games, they could go off the rails slightly. So they, for me, Brighton could go either way. Having said that, they're going to beat teams. They are going to beat teams. We saw them beat United. They're going to beat teams that you're not going to expect them to beat. They've got a way about them. Two centre-backs, you know, powerful, solid defenders. You know, that mm. that's what they are. Goalkeeper, mm, I think maybe at some stage that might be a difficult one for them. But essentially, they're starting 11 or starting 12, 13 or whatever that they have that they can fill the gaps with. You're reasonably solid, reasonably comfortable, all know their jobs, all know their duties, very fit, very athletic, good shape about them. Yeah, good news for Brighton that Lewis Dunk's only going to be out for weeks and not for months yeah. after his injury uh, last weekend. Let's go to Chelsea, who take on Newcastle this weekend at St James's Park. Newcastle, uh, great record at home in recent times, just two losses in their last 10. Uh, but Clive, I've got to ask you this question about Chelsea because it's baffling me. Um, Angolo Kante is the best central midfielder in English football, potentially Europe, maybe even the world, right? He's probably the best in that position there is. Our country don't play there no more. Well, they made the signing in Jorginho and uh, obviously he's the one that the manager has seen enough of to suggest that he, that's where he wants him. I think he's looking for players to adapt or to change. I agree that what I've seen of N'Golo Kante in these opening couple of games is that Chelsea are not getting the best out of him and I think that could be an issue. If that remains for the whole season, I can see N'Golo Kante saying, this isn't for me because there were enough teams top, top teams mm. wanted to take him on. So I think there might be an issue as the, as the season rolls on with the either the formation or the position that he's playing. He doesn't quite understand the position at the moment. Whereas putting back where he was in a two, he was absolutely brilliant. Mm. And I think he's under par at the moment because he's playing that position. On the other side of that, great players, can they adapt? I think they can. And I think he's got a level head that will make him change and he'll still become mm. the player he was. I'm just not sure it helps Chelsea, him being there. I thought last week when Arsenal made them late runs into the box, that's kind of his job. That's his thing. And Jorginho's there scratching his backside, looking around for someone to help him. Didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think you make a, a very good point there, Tom. I think you saw Chelsea's side much more vulnerable defensively with the position that he was playing. Normally, you know, if you're a fullback in, in Chelsea's team, it's a dream at times because you don't have to engage sometimes because Kante will come across and put that fire out before it even gets to you. But I think with him playing a bit more advanced and off that kind of right-hand side, you were seeing Arsenal getting down the sides so much more into crossing positions where, you know, he'll do the job of, of the fullback and get across and, and kind of kill those attacks before they even happen. So um, I think he will grow into that role, as you say, Clive. He's learning that position. He will adapt and will do the job well. But for me, not as well. 
I think that's as, that's the thing as you know, well. Well, he's not good enough no. for him. He's a world class player yeah. in the position he was playing. And we talked about Arsenal and their high back line and the new manager saying, "Well, that's how he wants them." At some stage, does Maurizio Sarri say, "Well, okay, yeah, maybe we need to tweak it a little bit." Mm. Is there, a, if he wants to play the four at the back, is there a point of playing two in front of them with a three yeah. and a one? Mm. So the four two three one system you know we might see it haven't seen any signs of it pre-season or the first couple of games I, d- so I don't I, I think it'll be interesting to see whether that does happen but I don't think it will he seems to be a manager very committed to his way of playing mm. yeah. wants to play that short passing football that high energy getting up the pitch quickly and he, he was I, you know it took him a few years to get it right at Napoli but when he did it was sensational. But will he get a few years at Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the question. He won't quit his style of play, and he won't quit smoking. That's the kind of man he is, <laughs> well, he and we love he him for it. I'm sure he said he's going to well, quit. Well, you can't chew cigarette butts and say you've quit. I'm not sure it counts. Uh, briefly, Newcastle uh, last weekend, attritional game against Cardiff. It, it was tough for them. Uh, of course, both teams almost tried to kick each other off the pitch at some points. But I suppose the change is who's going to score goals, who's going to create yeah. goals. I'd like to see some sort of partnership. I always say Perez has looked good. John Joe Selby still got the range. And you've got to start Rondon, haven't you, this weekend? You'd think so. But Rafa, he doesn't like to change too much. He's that kind of manager. I was actually at this game and it, it wasn't a great game, to be fair. Cardiff, Newcastle were, were awful awful but still somehow managed to create the better chances and obviously could have won the game with that penalty at the end but they were really poor I was really disappointed with them off the back of a good performance against Tottenham they going forward it just didn't seem to be a connection between the two strikers Perez Hossolu no one was really looking to run in behind um, Shelby and Diarmi they, they just didn't seem to be on the same wavelength as the two strikers they just couldn't get nothing going going forward so and, and Kennedy's performance well it's probably one of the worst Premier League performances I've ever seen. Um, how he got that ball for the penalty, I will never know. So um, I would expect them to be a lot better at home. And they, they do have a good record, actually, against Chelsea. A brilliant record. Yes. Won four of the last five. Have they? Against yes. Chelsea. Incredible. Yes. Against Chelsea. It's Rondon's got to start, though, as you as you say, Tom. For me, I think he's got to start. Hosselu doesn't offer enough for me. He can do what Hosselu does, but also has the... Um, the running power to, to run in behind as well. He gives them a, a couple more options for mm-hmm. me. Uh, right, predictions for these two games. Uh, Liverpool, Brighton, Clive, start with you. Um, I think there's no way you can go against Liverpool at the moment, and I yep. think everybody will go with that. 3 1. Gabs? Liverpool, they're very good at home in a minute. 22 games on being at home. So yep. I'm going Liverpool 2 0. Go on, Dave, do it. No, Liverpool 4 0. Yeah. 4. Yeah. Sorry, Brighton, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a Liverpool. Tub thumping as well. What about Newcastle, Chelsea? Harder to predict, Clive. I think it's going to be tight. I, I agree with Danny. I think they're going to be better, Newcastle. Uh, but I still think Chelsea got enough firepower. Two one. Gabs. I'm going to say oh, here we draw. Go. I'm saying draw. Okay. I agree with Clive. I think they'll be better, Newcastle at home. Um, if Rondon plays, I think he could cause a few issues for for Chelsea. I think tight, like Clive, I think 2-1 Chelsea. Yeah, 1-0 Chelsea for me. Sorry, I, I didn't go controversial like I looked like I was going to. I pulled back from that almost immediately. Uh, let's talk champions versus champions in a moment. Wolves against City. Still Wolves come again. Curling effort hits the bar. It's going to come to Jesus and he will make it 2-0. Shot from distance is an absolute cracker. And for the second time in the game, Wolves hit the woodwork. Absolutely world-class by David Silva. Good chance here for Wolves. Oh my goodness, they hit the woodwork for a third time in the game. Champions versus champions. The ultimate warrior against Hulk Hogan. They meet 
at Molyneux this weekend. 12.30 kickoff UK time. Wolves Manchester City in the past two seasons when the previous year's championship winners have taken on the reigning Premier League champions. It's the championship champions who've come out on top. Wolverhampton Wanderers have looked pretty decent. Will they do it against City this weekend? Danny Gabbardon, how do they go about getting something against City? Can they dictate the play at all against City, which they do against everybody else? Um, I'm not sure how Wolves go about Well, I know how they're going to go about this one. They're going to play exactly the same way as they always do. And, and that worries me. So I think it's going to rain goals between these two teams. I can't see Wolves going away from that kind of 3-4-3 three, three shape that they play. I can't see them sitting back and um, trying to frustrate Man City. I think they're just going to play how they always do and, and try and go and attack them. And if they do that, then they, they could be on the end of a hiding for me, even though they're playing at home. They did play each other last season, of course, and it went to penalties. They played well. Yeah, they, the yeah. they did, actually, yes. They did they change well. the way they played much in that one? Well, I, I can't remember the game exactly, but I was watching the All or Nothing documentary on Amazon yeah. uh, about Man City and Sir Ben Kingsley in the narration mm. did say that Wolves played very defensively now I don't know whether that was just changing the narrative hey, to, Gandhi fit, says to fit it, what it he wanted to right? do just saying that Wolves just just a refreshing team to come up from the from the championship you know you look at some other teams and they're almost fearful Wolves aren't Wolves want want to have a go at it mm. and I like that about them yeah. I agree that it might leave them a bit open at, at times and of course playing against arguably the best team around Man City, mm. it could leave them very vulnerable. But it could also put them on the front foot. Yeah. And afterwards, whatever the score is, the fans are going, we're right behind you. Yeah. We're with you all the way. And, and, that, and that's important for teams and players, that they're having a go. They're trying to do, have a go at the best team around. They might lose it 5-4 or 6-2 or something like that. But at least they'll be doing it having a go rather than putting up a bus and, and mm. defending which I is not their do. game is it? I it's hope they do style. they ain't got the players like no, you look exactly. at Martinho and Neves in midfield they, they can't sit there and you know shuffle side to side like Kante and try and you know stop City from scoring they, they have to go on the front foot and I hope they do because it's getting boring now with City everybody's scared of them <laughs> Huddersfield they had the whole the staff the whole starting 11 were like behind the ball and they still beat them 6 so they may as well just try and have a go get the crowd behind them have a go uh, let's move on to Watford against Crystal Palace One thirty on Sunday uh, Watford looking to win their opening three games of a league season for only the fourth time in their history and Dave last week uh, the front two uh, Dean, he's always worked great in a front two. Worked great with Agallo last time we saw him working in the Premier League with someone. And him and Andre Gray, great relationship last week. The first goal, Shinner it may have been, but what a great goal it was. It was a fantastic goal. They, they really have hit the ground running this season. And I think Watford fans, and maybe onlookers as well, were guilty of looking at Watford and thinking, oh, they haven't brought in a striker. Maybe mm. they're going to struggle in that area. But sometimes persistence and getting another year out of a play. You paid £18 million for Andre Gray last season. Don't just bin him off in the first summer. Give him a pre-season with a coach who, who's going to be there for the long term, hopefully, and see what he can do. And they both of those players seem to work better in a two. And getting that goal so early against his old club. And, and Watford just winning away from home last week, something they couldn't do in the whole back half of last season. They lost 11 out of the 12 games uh, in 2018 away from home but they've got the monkey off their back straight away and the confidence is absolutely buzzing around Watford at the moment. Mm. I think continuity and calm is exactly what Watford needed I think over the last couple of seasons it's been you know big turnover players players coming in players going out managers coming in managers coming out mm. Mm. Um, I think their recruitment has been better in the last 
well, last summer and this one, not too many bodies coming in, but an English kind of spine to them a little bit as well. Foster uh, coming into the club. Um, Will Hughes, obviously Deeney and Gray. Gray didn't play much last season, but, you know, it's a handful. That's a, that's a handful of those two at five. I wouldn't like to play mm. against those two, you know, week in, week out. So um, I just think with Watford, they tend to start well. It's the second half of the season yeah. where they, they tend to blow yeah, up. Yeah, we done this, didn't we, last year? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you don't know what's going to come from them. But with what when I look at Watford, I just think it's more mentality. I think they've got a lot of a lot of foreign players there. There's always stuff going on behind the scenes and yeah. stuff. And I just think with that new manager coming in now, Grazia, and, and the English kind of spine to them, I think you might see them have a, a better season this season. Uh, what about against Crystal Palace? Uh, Gab's one of your former teams. They've only lost two of their last 10 Premier League games going back last season, start of this, both against Liverpool. Uh, some fantastic performances in there as well. As I say, I thought they were great on Monday and a few individuals worth picking out, certainly. Uh, James Tompkins looking in really, really good form. We talk a lot about Wilfred Zaha, but Andros Townsend as well. Those two guys, they took it to Liverpool in the first half this weekend and all weekend just gone and I think they'll do that to Palace this weekend as well. Yeah, I think... you know, Roy's... Sorry, they are Palace. Yeah. <laughs> Roy's got them very organised, to be fair. They're difficult to beat and I think with Palace, it's just about keeping their, their main players fit. They don't have the biggest of squads, but... I think if you look outside the top kind of six, that attacking kind of trio, that Townsend, Zahar, Benteke attacking trios is as good as anything outside of the... Benteke, though. What has happened to Benteke, yeah. honestly? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the, the one thing that Roy Hodgson has to do is get the best out of his yeah. players. If he's getting the best out of his players, you know, they're a major threat. Mm. And they will beat teams, without a doubt. But uh, players like Zahar, it seems like he's such a good lad. He he wants to play in every single game. He wants to really do well, and you know he's he's a bright spark, and you can thrive off of that. He's got better because of he's got, he's got the right attitude. Yeah, he's willing to listen to people. And then you look to at Benteke, there. and you could ask another question there, yeah. or a few questions really. Yeah. There won't be many Watford fans on Sunday uh, saying that <laughs> Will Sarr is a good lad. Good lad, I can tell you that. <laughs> much. Just, he smashed many dreams. <laughs> if you oh, remember boy, two first. seasons ago when Harry the Hornet mocked him for his for his dive, and that, that as soon as he gets the ball, he is a, he is something of a, of a of a hated figure at Vicarage Road. There has been a little rivalry built up between the two teams over the last few seasons, but. Being neutral, you're correct. And yep. he, he's one of the best players outside the top six. And he, he's going to eat, you know, one of the reasons Watford fans do dislike him so much is because he usually does something to affect the game. Uh, let's move on to the Neil Warnock derby. Huddersfield Town against Cardiff City. This match means Warnock has managed in this fixture in the top three divisions of English football. He was Huddersfield boss against Cardiff in 93-94 and 94-95. And he's already been Cardiff boss against Huddersfield in the Championship in 16-17. Um, before we do Cardiff, uh, you've seen Huddersfield recently, Clive. Um, what about Huddersfield that you saw or have seen this season makes you think they can get a win against Cardiff this weekend? Well, the fact that they're playing Cardiff is about probably the only reason why I think Huddersfield might win. I, I, I think they are they are doomed. I really do. Really? Yeah, I, I really do. I I feel sorry for for the, the Huddersfield fans, but what I saw at the end of last season for me was poor, and I was hoping for something different yep. at the beginning of this season when they played against Chelsea. And first game of the season, you see in Chelsea who, who were not the best by a long, long way, but cruised to a win. And Huddersfield really didn't put up any resistance whatsoever. And I, you feel that there should be something changed from last season that gives them that little bit of oomph, that little bit of desire, that drive. They just they just haven't got it. I don't mm. know where they're going to get it from. And that's, it doesn't look like it's going to come from the manager because that would have come during the summer break. Yeah. 
So it's got to come from the players, and I and I can't see that there's enough in that team or that squad that's going to suggest they're going to win matches. They might get some points against Cardiff. They might get one point if they're lucky. Mm. Um, it's going to be a lucky win if they get three points, but I just can't see them come the end of the season get anything out of it. Both teams will be looking at this game. I know it's in August, it's the third game, but they'll be looking at this and thinking, this is a massive opportunity yep. for us to get three points. Yeah, the draw's no good for either, yeah. is it? Uh, and the, the mad thing about Huddersfield for me is that Ben Hamer will probably continue in goal and he's spilling things like Julie Waters bringing out two soups. It really frustrates me. Uh, let's talk about Cardiff City. Uh, they were physical against Newcastle last week, though Newcastle, of course, gave it back in kind. Gabs, you were at the game. Uh, I'm a big fan of Harry Arter, though he probably should have been sent off last week. Uh, yeah. Gets himself about of it. Great energy in midfield. Yeah. Tell me about the creativity. Tell me about how Cardiff go about winning this game. Yeah, that that is the big problem. I think for both teams, this is a game of I don't want the ball almost. I think there's only one team mm. that have had less attempted passes in the league, and that is Huddersfield. So, you know, Huddersfield will be the home team, obviously, but they're not going to come out and try and win it. So, it's whoever, you know, wants to try and take the. Uh, the game to the other. So looking at Cardiff on last weekend, it was better. It was an improvement on the Bournemouth performance. But Tom, exactly what you said, um, who's going to create, who's going to score the goals. I think they had one attempt on target um, against Newcastle, one attempt on target against Bournemouth. So it, it's who's going to step up and, and score those goals, who's going to create the goals. Josh Murphy, I thought, was was very good, uh, was lively on the left-hand side. Arthur, as you said, um, there was more energy from them a bit of composure in midfield with him in there as well. But there's just not that belief at the minute. They don't have that belief when they get into the final yeah. third that someone's going to pick someone out or someone's going to stick that ball in the back of the net. They need to throw a bit more caution to the win for me, get one or two more bodies in the box as well. So, um, Big a, game. Big game for both. Yes. If, if, if Cardiff can get a win... That's what four points going into the international break from the thirty six to go. Not, well, not thirty five to go. It's not looking like actually. a bad start then. But obviously Huddersfield without a win yet is a big game for them. So I'm going to draw. Oh, here we go. Uh, let's <laughs> move on to Fulham against Burnley. Um, Clive, another one of your former teams uh, and a man playing in your position, Ryan Sessegnon. Uh Eighteen years, ninety two days, an assist last week. The youngest Fulham player to assist a goal in the Premier League. Only Shai Ojo for Liverpool has done it younger in the Premier League. Did he mean that though? Did yeah, he mean definitely. Of course he did. It's the future the of English football. How dare you? <laughs> um, but Fulham, they're still trying to play football. They've got Burnley at home. Of course, we don't know how they got on in midweek in, in the Europa League because we're recording this Thursday. But tired legs, maybe it affected them against Watford last week. Maybe it didn't. Now they've got an away trip t- to Fulham. This is the game they'll be targeting, right? Well, I think from Fulham's perspective, I mean, spent as much money as they've spent. I think there's going to be more expectation than there has uh, would have been otherwise. And I think... You know, the likes of Sessignon still got a lot to learn for me. A uh, long way to go in his career, of course. But, you know, just in this Premier League season, he's while he's learning, there's going to be mistakes. And I think mistakes are going to happen with the Fulham side as they try and gel all these new players together, mm. although not all of them have been playing. So it's, it's, a, it's a home game for Fulham. The fans will get behind them, for sure. Mm. Um, but it's going to be tough because Burnley have been there... Uh, you know, been in that Premier League now for a few seasons, and they've they've learned how to grind out results. And they showed in the first game against Southampton they can go away and scrap for a point, yeah. which they'll need to do this weekend. As you mentioned, though, they they haven't learned or haven't had the chance to learn before playing on a Thursday, then playing on a Sunday. They didn't play very well against Watford for most of the game last week. 
I think this is a tough game for them. And How many can they change? That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. How many players from that starting eleven that plays they, Thursday? They that always plays use Sunday? the fewest amount of players in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, we've got to move on. Bournemouth against Everton. Um, Gabs last weekend. Bournemouth once again came from behind to get something from the game. This time a win. Twenty-four points from losing positions uh, since the start of last season. Uh, I'm sure that's a frustrating stat for Eddie Howe, but the fighting spirit is still there, and maybe. The continuity is there because they haven't made that many changes. Is that why they started so well? I think so. Um, I think two signings were made. Um, obviously, Lerner come in for, for a big fee, but this is what I like about Eddie Howe. You know, they, they make a big money signing, but he does not go straight into the team. Um, he has to learn the Bournemouth way of doing things, what Eddie Howe wants, and um, it might take a bit of time to see him, but that's been the success of Bournemouth over the last, was it, three seasons mm. or whatever, how long they've been in the Premier League. He's, he's trusted in the players that got him there. You know, the Steve Cooks, the Charlie Daniels, the Goslings, the Sermons. You know, they're all still playing in the first 11, um, and he's repaid their faith. So um, they've got off to a really good start. Um, they have that kind of fighting spirit. Um, they're away form probably needs to improve. They didn't keep a lot of clean sheets last season. If they're going to improve on last season, they'll have to keep a few more clean sheets. But they are a danger, you know, going forward, pace and power on the counter-attack. The great thing about this game, 25 goals in six Premier League meetings between these two. And Dave, we know with Marco Silva teams, they're not going to go there, five at the back, try and get something. Just like against Wolves, just like Marco Silva always does, did it at Watford, did it with Hull, doing it with Everton, they'll go try a win. It's going to be fun. I think it'll be another high-scoring, entertaining game. And... Uh, I, I, I think um, Bournemouth might, might shade it, but it could be like a 3-2 or something like that. Uh, final game we've not mentioned, Southampton against Leicester City. Second week running Southampton last on this programme. Uh, I can't think why. Um, bad start, really, for, for Mark Hughes. Just, just, it, just, it really hasn't worked out for him as you kind of think it was. Uh, Nigel Atkins won one of his first 10 in charge. Mark Hughes uh, in a similar sort of boat. Um, Danny Ings may well salvage their season, but they can't afford Leicester at home, Clive Walker, to to not get three points here. Leicester with no Jamie Vardy, no Jamie Vardy, often no party. I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you feel it's a it's a long season for Southampton. I just feel that they might have just enough to to stay up, but they've got to start putting points on the board because I think against a team like Leicester, you say it about without ja- Jamie Vardy, not got that that threat up front. But they're still a good side, Leicester. Mm. You know, they're still a solid team, and they've been around for now for a couple of seasons. Obviously, the champions, but they've been around together, and I, I think it's going to be a tough one for Southampton. I think they get anything out of it. For me, it's a, for me, it looks like a one-all draw. I mm. don't know why, because Jamie Vardy, I suppose, isn't playing. If Jamie had been playing, possibly not. But they've got to get some sort of structure going, Southampton. It just, it, it, it's not quite clicked in from the beginning mm. of the season. They've lost their way. Lost their way, Southampton. Yeah, um, a couple of seasons ago, looked yeah. to have a good kind of model pushing. They were qualifying for Europe. Had a big wake up call last season for me. Um, and I don't see it being much different this season. They haven't invested a lot. The players, quality wise, coming in. I'm not not too sure. Mark Hughes for me. Okay, he kept them up last season, but mm. I think that was more teams around him being really bad as well. I mean, I think one of, one of whom was pretty much his own fault. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the Swansea game, which kept him up, I mean, it yeah. was a real. Yeah, was it was someone who was going to score. Yeah. I was going to say, you were yeah. at that game. It's one of those ones where if someone scored a corner, they weren't going to go down. And yeah. that's eventually what happened. So yeah. wasn't a particularly encouraging way they did survive. Listen, let's get some predictions for those games we just discussed. Uh, Wolves, Man City, where do we start? I think we see, we're going to see goals, that's for sure. I think something like 4-2 City. Oh, I'm uh, loving it. 3-1 City. I think 
5-1 City. 5-1? Yeah. Why not? City. Why not? You haven't got Aguero, mind you, fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> or have you stuck him in? Have you stuck him There's in? still time. Got to get him in. Got to get him in. Uh, yeah, I'd say City going to score 4-4-2 four, four, for me. Uh, Watford Palace. Let's go the same way around. Uh, Watford Palace. I think that's got the making of a decent game. 2 all. I'm going to say Palace to win this one. 2-1. Mm, Obviously, <laughs> obviously, Hart says Watford, but yeah. I think it will be a one-all draw. I quite fancy Palace as yeah. well. I'm going one-nil Palace. I know I seem to always go against Watford, but I just fancy Palace. Uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff, the battle at the bottom already. <laughs> Either team gets a draw. Nil-nil. Uh, <laughs> nil-nil. I'll just be happy with a goal for me. <laughs> <the team. laughs> um, I'm going to say I'm going to go one-one. Yeah, I'm going to say. Cardiff are going to win 1-0 and Neil Etheridge is going to save a penalty for the third <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a pretty decent bet there uh, yeah 0-0 for me uh, Fulham Burnley it's a tough one this it's a tough call um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Fulham 2-1 I'm going to go with Fulham Burnley off the back of, of um, Europe in midweek I think they'll find it difficult yep the Europa League curse strikes again I think Fulham get their first win 2-0 uh, Burnley dogged draw 1-1 uh, Bournemouth Everton the game that always brings us goals. Yeah, I'll not go again to all. This is a difficult one. You want to say nil nil? It's a difficult one. At Bournemouth at home, I'm going to go with them. Uh, like I just said, I think it'll be Bournemouth 3, Everton 2. OK, uh, and I'm going 2-1 to Everton. Uh, Southampton, Leicester. How many people can say nil-nil in a room at the same time? Let's find out. <laughs> no, I'll go 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I think they're going to sneak a couple of goals out of that game. 1-0 Leicester. Yep, same, 1-0 Leicester. Yeah, got to go 0-0 now. I've given it the big build-up. That's the end of our show for this week. Thank you to the panel uh, for joining us. If you're listening to this on a radio station, download the podcast, search for it on iTunes, Acast, whatever, out every week. Subscribe today. You'll get it on your phone or device on a Thursday. We'll see you next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.